going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of Quentin T. Harris. Q, the executive producer of Chasing LA, former cast member of Chasing Atlanta and host of Q in the Streets, two-time author, record label A&R, dream wine owner, and fellow North Carolinian, joins me on the podcast to explain the keys to a career that I covet. From radio to reality TV, from A&Ring to authoring his story, Q speaks on personifying preparation when meeting opportunity. He discusses finding himself in his artists and his cast members, his thought process in choosing a family-friendly alcohol. He books himself to come back on my show and so much more. Lock in while I clock in because Q and I are about to get into it. Quentin T. Mr. D. Harris, how are you feeling? Thank you so much for being here. What is going on, my friend? Hey, 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 what's going on? Um, how I'm feeling? I am feeling amazing today. Um, a bit off because it's raining in California today. However, I am still having a great day. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. How are you? I am great. I'm feeling, well, it's raining here down in down in the Alabama too, but okay. it's le- but it's less off for me. It's like more calming for me. Mm. So, so I'm sending the the uh, calming vibes to you for the positive energies and whatnot, realigning chakras. Oh, yes, so yes. The this kids is, on TikTok back. This is a day of me being in the house and resting, and I'm actually editing and uploading, doing some house stuff. So yeah, so I I kind of needed this day to relax and decompress. So I received it. <laughs> Perfection. So tell me, love, when did you fall in love with reality TV? Ooh. <laughs> so I kind of fell in love with reality TV immediately <clears throat> when I moved <clears throat> to Atlanta, Georgia from North Carolina, um, pr- um, pursuing my dreams. What part of and North Carolina are you from? I'm from Rayford, North Carolina. It's a very, very, very Fed- small town. Fedville here. Hey, oh, really? Okay, okay. Yes. Kelly ain't in the building. Okay, okay. Um, oh, so I yeah, love from, that. Yes. Oh, my God. So you from Fairview. Okay. Yes. Well, I asked you to yes. go to Westover. Okay, lady. We play Westover. Okay. I, I, I marked with the, with the whole county bucks all day. <laughs> so, shout yeah. Out so, to, shout out to North <laughs> Okay. So, I'm from North Carolina, and I fell in love with reality TV when moving to 
Atlanta, two of my first immediate gigs and jobs and people who kind of adopted me were Cynthia Bailey and Rico Chappelle and being around the Housewives of Atlanta and being around Mar- Married to Medicine and Rico Chappelle was working on some independent projects. I was his assistant. I was kind of already around it. I just never knew I was going to fall into it myself, but I feel like God was quickly uh, showing me what to do and how to maneuver <laughs> Uh, because I felt like he was showing me what I was getting ready to walk into and I feel like less than a year yeah, yeah less than a year of me even being in Atlanta I was on reality TV yo very <laughs> nice thank you now was there a reality star that you saw growing up or like through the course of your watching reality TV that made you feel like represented enough to do reality TV for yourself um no no, I, I just you know love that I consistently get that answer. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to say no. I, I feel like, you know, chasing LA, chasing Atlanta, the chase from reality brand, this is some we're 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 creating our own lane. There there really wasn't many, you know, outside of Derek J and you know, Miss Lawrence, but that was nobody who I could look up to. That's no shade. I love them. Those are some great friends of mine. Um Of course. But, I just that wasn't someone who I could look up to because I didn't necessarily see myself in pumps and makeups and et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't someone that I could see myself being in the shoes of. However, I do know that there was a lane for who I am and who I represented. But I could I could I say I seen it before me getting on television? No, I didn't. You know, we're 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 creating lanes for our peers, us, and I feel like the generation behind us is what look up to us. So no, I didn't see it too much growing up in reality TV. And I didn't watch I a lot of reality TV outside of Housewives, too, so. <laughs> I love hearing people say that Housewives was their introduction to reality mm-hmm. TV. For some reason, that just hits differently. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then, I, and then, I, and then I, I, was, I was hit with it the same time I was around it. Because being from, you know, North Carolina, that's, that's kind of not, that we don't, that's not what we do. You know, so. Right. <laughs> so when I first got to Atlanta, I was immediately like Cynthia Bailey is one of the first people who even brought me to Atlanta, like her class, you know, being a part of the Bailey agency is what connected me to radio, which connected me to reality TV. So it's those intricate pieces. And um, just being out as soon as I got to Atlanta, I was immediately around it. So I kind of got introduced. I kind of got introduced to them both at the same time in reality and watching because I was like oh this is what she does okay well let me go go back and watch the show because I was actually somebody told me about the Daily Agency so mm. sorry I'm talking about you you're you taking me back down memory lane <laughs> no you're perfectly fine that's what this show is set up for this is ex- that is exactly what this show is set up for these like three word answers do not work on my show okay. so I need you to like go in Okay, good, good. Okay, so I feel at home now. Okay, cool. Poof. Yes. <laughs> mission accomplished. Work. When did you know you were talented? Ooh, um, probably from a young, young kid. Um, I grew up PK. I grew up in a very, very, you know, faith-based home. And so I was kind of always in, like, the choir, the kids' choir. I was always up in front of you know in front of the church or an audience saying a speech my mom always had us active my father always had us in sports so I can do 
a lot of things. Like I can play tennis, basketball, baseball, football. I can sing. I can play the alto saxophone. I took karate classes. Like I was always in something. So like my parents always had us doing something. They always had us active. They always had our hands doing. And that was all of our, all of my siblings. They always had us active. So I've kind of been this way my whole entire life, honestly. Honestly. I absolutely love that. <laughs> now, what was the moment that you chose to actually pursue the path of entertainment? Mm, I think when moving to Atlanta, things started to shift shift for me because I could see it and things were starting to happen fast for me. And I knew that I was I had a grasp at something. I knew that I had a heart for people. I knew people were gravitating towards me. Even when I, you know, did what you were doing, I had a podcast. Well, I had a, uh, I had an internet radio show. It was called an internet radio show at the time. This was, I think, this was right before the era of podcasting started, and um, I had everybody on my show. So, you know, I feel like small things that I've been that I was doing right when I moved to Atlanta is what positioned me to be where I am today and where I'm headed. Yeah. How did you find your way to radio? I found my way into radio. <laughs> Crazy. Cynthia Bailey <laughs> from Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I took her Shout class. Out, 50 cent. <laughs> yes, that's my godmother. And I would have to give her her due deals every time I get a chance to. I took her class one day and she had a modeling agency class and I took the class and she was like, you know what? You are such a beautiful guy, but you are not a model. <laughs> and it was it was such a reality it hit me in the face, but it was so real. And I knew she cared about me. And people not gonna tell you the truth. And a lot of people would have been hurt and like, oh my gosh, she hurt my feelings. But for me, I kind of sopped it up. And she was like, your talent is like, you have a talent for people. She's like, I see you as like a Steve Harvey. And at the time I mm. didn't know it, and I didn't know what she meant. I did not know what she meant at the time. She's like, I see you like a Steve Harvey. So maybe what, a couple of, I was in Atlanta three, four, five months. And at the, you know, going down the line, you know, of course I met a few people working with Rico Chappelle. How I got into radio was one night I was working. Um, I, I was already sneaking into red carpets <laughs> and Word. going to different red carpets and sneaking on. And, you know, I would get on and I would do my own little media. I didn't have a name or anything. Like I would just be getting shout outs because I just wanted to be there. So I would be getting shout outs front of the people. They'd be like, yo, what's going on here with my boy Q? So, long, long story short, um, I think I was at like enough events where people were beginning to notice me. And they'd be like, oh my God, you be at all the events. Q, they'd be like, that, you always in the streets. So I never connected Q and Q in the streets until one night I was at a event. And this is, <clears throat> I would have to give her her, uh, her homage too, because I just love her. I was interviewing Mulatto on the red carpet when she won the show, uh, Jermaine uh, interview, when she won Jermaine Dupree's show. Um, the, the rap, rap game, game, the rap game. It was the night that everything was released in one, and they had a big premiere in in Atlanta. And <clears throat> I think their red carpet correspondent had fell through. And Jermaine Dupree looked at me like, "Hey, you know what I'm saying? Somebody told me, you know, you do red carpet. You, you know, let's do this interview so we can do this real quick." I was kind of froze and stuck because one, this is Jermaine Dupree asking me this, and then two, Hello. you know. You know, so all these things are running through my mind. And at the same time, I really wasn't feeling good that night. Like, I remember, like, I guess I had my little raggedy ponytail in my head, child. I was sitting there so scared. <laughs> and um, I, I, I think I initially was getting ready to tell him no. 
And my friend looked at me like, I know you're not about to tell Jermaine Dupree, no. So I kind of just was like, okay, give me a moment. And I went to the bathroom, gathered myself. I came out, Nigga, you knocked it. Jump, jump on that mic. <laughs> okay, went and knocked <laughs> you that get some understanding. Knocked that interview out the park. It was insane. And um, it was a lady there. Um, her name was Nikki Nicole. Um, yeah, Nikki Nicole. She's actually from, um, from Raleigh, North Carolina which is so crazy you know we're gonna take care of family we're gonna take care of each other okay, okay. so a lady saw me that night she's like hey i saw what you did tonight um i want you to come into the radio show and start doing some um start doing you know just start start doing you know following the people start doing some interning some shadowing with some other um some on-air personalities and you know just kind of you know walk around and shadow them etc cetera, etc cetera. That lasted all of two weeks <laughs> because by the time I was in there, they were like, hey, Q, sit there and test the mic. By the time they let me test the mic, they one of them was like, hey, Q, come do this voiceover for me. Hey, Q, do this. And I think one guy needs a co-host one night and I knocked it out of the park less than, less than a month later. They offered me my own show. So it all stemmed from that night from Jermaine Dupree asking me to do the interview to the lady standing there watching the whole thing go down. I, I'm not knowing that she was a radio exec, but she was also from North Carolina. Um, she offered me a position just to come in and shadow me. I'm always going to maximize any opportunity I'm going to learn and soak up as much knowledge as I can. So while they was asking me to do voiceovers and stuff, for, don't forget, I already had the shout outs and stuff from the celebrities from the red carpets I was going to. So I took those voiceovers versus and I put them against the pictures and stuff that I was getting from the red carpets, put it together, and I had my little own radio uh, sizzle. So I did a little casting call, got some co-hosts, and bam. <laughs> Came the number one internet radio show in ATL at the time. It was, it was crazy. See, this is what the people understand as being called love. Preparation meeting opportunity. Oh, this yeah. is what that is called. That's that, that's that shit that Oprah was talking about. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, you got to be ready, and you never know when that moment is coming. And you got to, you got to give it your all every day, one hundred percent. You have to, you just got to give it everything you got every day. It's very sister egg, like you know, if, if you want to be somebody, yes, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake, wake up. The fuck up and pay attention, y'all. Wake up. <laughs> What's the most satisfying part of doing radio for you? Ooh, so at the time of doing radio, one of the most satisfying things for me was, I first of all, my show was created for independent artists. So- mm, Love that. I love to see people come and get their fresh start at my show. When people dropped a single, they knew to come to my show. When people did anything in Atlanta, even the, re, even the reality girls, the real reality girls, you know, um, the, the, the love and hip hop girls were starting to get wind of me and it started getting bigger and bigger. So it was just satisfying to me to know that when people came to Atlanta, I was a stopping place. Like I have, you know, I don't want to name drop because I just don't want to do that. But I just, I, there was a little bit of everybody who came to Q in the Streets radio show back in the day. And that just, that, it, it, it was so satisfying because I saw people, they took it serious and they came in and they really respected my ear. They really was like, hey Q, what do you think about this? Come to my shows. Like people respected me. That's how I became an A&R um, for a record label at the time. I let the position go 
um, to move to California. However, it was just, you know, I think that was the most satisfying part is people is growing up loving music. And then now people actually trust me to put out new music. They come to my radio station to hear new artists. They come to my station to to take their craft serious to, uh, or, you know, listeners come in to hear more independent artists. So that was a satisfying part for me is to actually see new people out here hustling and going for and, you know, taking their craft serious because at the same time, it was I was in my beginning stages as well. So just as hungry as they was to come on my show and put their music out, I was hungry for artists to be flying in and, you know, they'll be going to the BT Awards. They'll be like, yo, we gotta go over there to queue the streets. And so that was always satisfying to me. That was always, that was always great. Like, like people legit would go to the Ricky Smiley show, Willie Moore Jr. show. They would go over there to boss up and then they would come to my show. And I always thought that was so cool because I was in rotation with the big girls. <laughs> okay. Hello. Okay. Fuck your shit. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a most impactful sit down that you had on your show? Um, most impactful. Hmm. Okay. Now, all of my now, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. A lot of my artists, a lot of people have come on my show, and if you know me, I, I, I'm a crier. I'm very emotional, and <laughs> um, and also I love God for real. So I've had a lot of people just come on the show and just start speaking into my life, or God would download something in me immediately to give them to something to share along their journey. And we legit have a God moment. So there are so many people who came in my radio station and we've cried and prayed and they've spoken a word to me. I've spoken a word to them or we just stood in the hallway and cried or they have an award coming up or just something. So it's so many different moments that I just will always cherish from being in radio when I was in Atlanta. So many different moments, yeah. Keeping with the music a little bit, Talk to me about a and because because you've had a lot of jobs that I want to have by the time I retire. <laughs> okay. You are very busy out here to, to okay, quote Miss Quad. I'm trying to, okay, I love Quad. I'm trying to be the next little Candy Birds, the male version out here, okay? I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Because I'm like, listen, I love somebody who is out here very busy, going from one thing to the other, but has a lot of different jobs in a very specific part of the industry. Yeah. And you've done a lot of things that I want to do. So Thank I you. really would love to like pick your brain all over the place. Yeah. Talk to me about A&R. <laughs> A&R was like, cool. It was, it was a position that I didn't see coming. It was a position that um, I actually got due to due to me being in radio. Um, so many at the time, there was a gentleman um, who came into my job. He was actually managing another artist but I didn't know that he was a part of you know of managing and owning a record label and so he of course me not knowing he's sitting back watching me <laughs> while I'm working and etc cetera, etc cetera, and comes up to me you know after the interview was just like hey I've been keeping my eye on you for the past couple of weeks and you're just very well connected and you know music and you're you're bringing on people the timing is right and I'm just you're doing some great stuff and I want you connected because you're young and you're hungry and you are um, out here listening to the independent artists so sometimes record labels they be you know always in these high end meetings that sometimes they miss the real raw talent that's out here in these streets and you know I was you in the street Hello? yeah exactly so it all it always kind of played it always just tied into each other because I I was I'm from I'm not I'm not from the streets but 
I'm from the South and I know what it feels like to get it out of the mud. And I know what talent looks like when it's walked over. So granted, I moved there and things were happening for me so quick. I still had to get stuff out of the mud. Stuff was happening, but people didn't feel like I had the credentials and stuff. So I was just as hungry to prove myself. So I had to find artists who wanted it for real. You needed to be serious like I'm serious. Like I was like a little P. Diddy. I don't need no, I don't need you playing. Like, yeah, I was serious with it. Like if I'm gonna bring you onto the roster, if I bring you into the talent, we gotta, you know, get you on a set scale and schedule to get you to the next level in your career. And if this is my name depending on it, out, depending on it, depending on it outside of radio, what I'm already doing, you're gonna definitely have to take this kids because this is this ain't my regular. This is extra. So if you go, if, if I'm gonna go hard, you definitely gonna have to, you're gonna have to go harder than me. I know what it takes to create a superstar. That's why I'm in the A and R position. So, Hello. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't play with it. Yeah, you see what side of me just came out. <laughs> I didn't that was very Lori Ann team. That was very Lori Ann team. I was like, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, yeah, a little yes, Chris sir. Jenner come out of me. Yeah, I can't. We can't okay. play. It's too much money out here to be playing. So, and people want it. And I know, and I know real talent coming from North Carolina. I know real talent. So, yeah. Hello. Y'all need to stop playing with North Carolina because I had a because I, I had a conversation with Rico with a K and we had the mm-hmm. same conversation about like North Carolina just feels differently like oh yeah because we're both from Fayetteville so like we're so like we're just like yo like they don't know that they, 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 they just don't get it like but anyway before we jump into reality TV your okay. experience with reality TV. Yes. Do you have a preference as far as like if you could go back to doing one? If like somebody gave you a contract right now, you could either go back and do radio or you could go back and do A and R. Which one would you walk back into today? Radio. Ooh, love that answer. Tell me why. Tell me why. I miss radio. Radio gave me a chance to just decompress my co-host. Now that I think about it. It was such an outlet. It was such an outlet. We used to have so much fun every single week. Like, you know, I think about all the crazy times of the things that we're going through, you know, throughout the day, throughout the pandemic. And I just think like sometimes those would be the things that we would be talking about in the radio, um, in the radio room or, you know, some of the crazy topics that are out or, you know, bringing on new artists. I look at people like Miss Charlene, uh, who is doing, she's everywhere right now. And I remember, I think I was her first interview that she was another one. She and I, we spoke into each other live. I remember her and her sister. We were just all crying in the hallway just where God wanted to take our careers. So I just will never forget that. Um, <clears throat> I look at people like, it's two young ladies. I can't remember their names right now. They're on Nickelodeon on the Ken and Kale show. Um, I can't remember. The, so yeah, they're there. So radio just always had me in a loop. I look at Bobby Lights. I remember when Bobby Lights put out his first record. And I remember he was sitting behind us and like, you really like it? You really like it? Okay, let's go out and get a drink because you really like it. And I look at him going, Bobby, I love you. Per, a great friend of mine. So I just look at um, all these people. Tokyo Vanity. Tokyo Vanity is still on Love and Hip Hop. Ah. Still a great friend of mine. And I remember her. I remember before she even did Love and Hip Hop, um, she and I went out to eat one night. And this was right when she did my radio show she and I became great friends so just I feel like being in radio people trusted me and they just it was just a it was just a safe space like radio was such a powerful moment for me I found my voice I knew my voice and just being around my team back then just really um 
always had me in a space to hear myself talk, hear myself think, hear others talk, but also enjoy some good music. And you know, it was it was it was hard work, but it was fun. So radio all day, as you can hear, you know, I just I just it was just something I, I naturally walked into. I'm a natural talker, as y'all can see <laughs> or hear. Hello, uh, work. So um, yeah, I just love people, and I just you know it was it just encouraged me. So I loved radio, still love it to this day. You know, I feel like with all the you know, streaming sites going up and becoming bigger. Radio is not as, you know, prominent as it was, but, you know, podcasts are a thing now, and, you know, so, you know, I love radio. Love, 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 love radio. Shout out to the Gift of Gab, and shout out to Tokyo Vanity, because she's okay. my favorite addition to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta ever. Like, okay. she's my girl. One. But I so love that answer from you, because like I always say that this like like me doing podcasts is like laying the foundation for me having a rate for me having a radio show, which is a job yes. that I want to have for like the next Ooh, 30 beautiful. years. Oh my god, yes. I would love to do like I just feel like that's the job that I want to like retire doing. Like like yes. if I could pick a job to do for for the next 30 years, it would end radio, yes. no question. Oh my gosh. I just love that. So like hearing that, it's like, oh, <laughs> Validation yes, all love... through the vibrational waves. It's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And shout out to your gift of gab because I feel like that's something that's always gotten me in trouble growing up. So like mm. when I found podcasting, broadcasting, production, all of those things, it's like, oh, okay, that's what this is for. That's mm-hmm. why I talk so much. It's because I'm supposed to be sitting on long on on long form communication mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. talking my shit. <laughs> <laughs> got it got it exactly Happy. just like me child <laughs> exactly take what I they say you. is crazy about you and then turn it into a talent child. Mm-hmm. That's, Quick what advice. Do. that's what you have to do that's what you have to do now let's jump back into reality tv Ooh, let's do it <laughs> tell me about what made you decide to go out for chasing a- 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 atlanta and what was the casting process like for you so I'm gonna be honest. What made me go out for the show um, to her dead name, but, but you guys know her now as Lauren England. But at the time, she was known as something else. But I'm gonna be honest. It was right. her that kind of drugged me into the room. <laughs> Not uh, drugged. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I did. I, I interviewed. I, I interviewed Lauren, um, formerly known as something else, um, during her first season of the show, and I began watching the show because I had to interview her and. I liked what I saw, but I was just like, oh my God, just could this is this is great. Like because I like I said, I was already around Cynthia and Rico. So I was like, oh my God, they're doing like a gay one. So this is cool. I was like, you know, but I feel like people are out here doing more things than just running around fighting. You know what I'm saying? Now I can't come on and say I had the best season and I and I left not getting into a, a little squabble with somebody. However, I felt like there was more than what I was seeing on season one. However, I really wasn't thinking about auditioning for the show or anything like that. Lauren and I became friends off camera. It was, and this is a real true story. It was Lauren, myself, and Tokyo Vanity. We were all cool. We all went out to eat. So when I just talked about us going out to eat, the other person that was there was Tokyo Vanity. So Tokyo and I got cool, and Lauren and I got super cool. So 
it was kind of like we all three were starting together, literally. And uh, but Lauren had already started, so that's her and Tokyo had already knew each other. I think from like you know Alabama, because you know Tok was starting a tour and stuff at the time, but she just wasn't doing TV, so that's how she got ran into Lauren. But anyways, long story short, uh, Lauren and I became friends, real friends, off camera. Like we just FaceTime this morning, and still like one of my best friends, and. Um, <laughs> And yeah, the 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 audition process was quick. So Lauren and I, we interviewed probably the finale night of Chasing Reality Season One. They had an audition process less than three months later. Remember, Lauren and I got cool off camera. So in those three months, she and I kind of got, you know, kind of tight, tight. And within that last month, she's like, hey, I really think you should audition for the show. You're like, you have a whole radio show. Me and you are like real friends. Like, we actually can hang out. You're cool. And um, yeah, at the time, she didn't have any friends on the show. You know, everybody hated her season one. So I was like, well, cool, let's do it. You know, um, let me see what I can do. My Bring my little country stuff up here. I felt like a little Phaedra Parks coming up there, being country. Baby. I, got, I got jobs, I got a little body. You know, I ain't know that at the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I ain't know that at the time, but you know, I'm like, I'm coming from the South. You know, I got a little body, I got these little braids. You know, I get my hair done every what week, so. You, hold on, stop. <laughs> <laughs> What didn't you know? What didn't I know? What you mean? You said I didn't know at the time. What didn't you know at the time? Well, I didn't know like I could what I was gonna bring to the show. Because yeah, I didn't know like if there you know you didn't know you had body. I was like, now sir. Oh well, you know what? I kind of you know me back then. I really didn't know. I was a young little lamb. I really wasn't focused on it. You seemed invested in your body, bitch. You were done up. I mean, well, I, I was trying to lose a little weight because I was, you know, coming from the South and then coming down to ATL and I'm seeing like these freaking walking mannequins and boys look like they walking straight out of magazine. So I had to try, I had to start trying to get it together a little bit. But, you know, so that's all I feel like I was un, uncovering Q during the time that y'all was actually watching me and you know like that was legit me being young little me like don't call me a girl like you know like that little shit like <laughs> you know when I Ooh, think about shit, shit was so funny to me <laughs> like when I think about stuff like that like that's silly like that's stuff that we say in our community but me being on reality TV I didn't want my mom or my father who are who are you know in the you know heavy faith base hearing these guys calling me a girl but at the same time, I had to understand that reality TV is for people to see something that they may not get to see on an everyday basis. So Quincy, just be yourself. But those are things that I had to just walk into. I know that was so totally left field from what you asked me, but you know how the, the audition process was super quick and it was super easy. I kind of just, you know, just fell into everything. Walking into the audition room with Kevon Burns, my first producer, and of course the, uh, the owner and creator and Dario Abrams. I walked into shout that room and just shout out to the boss man. Um, yes, and just God, walked into that, show. walked into that room and was just myself. I legit was, you know, just they they were already familiar with with you know who Q in the streets was because you know my my video had kind of made some of the cast members pissed off. I, I think. Um, <laughs> So they had already caught wind of who I was. Uh, Lauren and I were already doing some, some posting. 
So they had already caught wind of who I was. I came into the room and I was just myself. I told them about my radio show. I told them that I was an assistant to Rico Chappelle. And I told them I sometimes, you know, I was around Cynthia Bailey. And, you know, before I left out of the room, they gave me my spot right then and there. And the rest is history. And here we are. I think we're going into year six because now I'm about to be three years on LA, which is crazy to me. So three years and I did four years on the show. I did what? Two, three. No, six years. So yeah, I think we're walking into our sixth year, but it's, you know, season five of Chasing Atlanta still was kind of a part because I directed it. So yeah, six, seven years later, here we are. <laughs> What was the story that you signed on to tell when you joined Chase in Atlanta? I just was myself. I told him I was from North Carolina. I'm country. I like to sing. I'm creative. Um, you know, I have a radio show, so I am busy. I feel like I am the I am the essence of what y'all are looking for. Y'all are looking for people who are chasing their dreams. Here I am doing a radio show. I'm, I'm, I got people on here who people care about, who people watch on social media every day. So it will only be befitting that y'all put them on the show to make the audience bigger. Um, I, I brung on, you know, y'all see Miss D on the show. Y'all have seen, y'all see me, mm-hmm. y'all see me interview Tammy Roman on the show. Y'all see me interview like a couple of people on the show um, on Chasing Atlanta. So those are the things that I wanted to implement. I told them that um, I told them that my family knows about me. We can film with my father. Y'all seen that? Um, so yeah, there was nothing I really wanted to hide. The only thing I really didn't show was showcase was like a guy, and at the time nobody was strong enough to be on camera with me. There was one little situation, but that went left and dumb. But yeah, I just was myself. I told them, you know, I ain't no push around. Ain't nobody gonna talk to me crazy. You know, I don't know what shade is, but I do know what slap the hell out of a hoe is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from North Carolina. I don't be throwing too much shade talking, honey. I don't do too much talking. So they was like, well, shit, that's enough for me right there. We like that. So they like my, you know, <laughs> they were like, well, that'll do it. <laughs> they was like, he working and he's spicy. We like it. So period. Did you join reality TV for yourself to represent your community or a combination of the two or neither? I think the, I think a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. I think a combination of the two. I would have to say for myself, like I think it, it reverts back to what we discussed earlier about not seeing myself on the television. And I feel like mm-hmm. even with Chasing Atlanta season one, I I didn't see myself. I didn't see what I was doing in Atlanta at the time. They Season one is iconic. It did some amazing things. We can never take that away from them because there will be no Chase in LA. There will be no Quentin T. Harris in this form if it wasn't for that. But I didn't see myself. So I wanted to change the narrative of, you know, what gay and black is on television all the time. And this is no shade to anybody, but all of us don't wear wigs. All of us don't wear heels. All of us, you know, I let my lips to be popping, but all of us don't, everybody don't wear lip gloss. And hell, everybody (laughs) ain't masculine. Everybody don't wear tank tops. Everybody, you know, it's it's so many different ends of our beautiful rainbow. And I feel like at the time, I feel like my little corner of the rainbow was a showcase. I wanted to showcase it. I'm even about to put out a new project and I know we're going to get into that stuff shortly, but I'm even going to put out a new project in 2023 <clears throat> that's just going to showcase another side of the rainbow that we have not really seen on television before. So I did it 
for myself to answer your question because I did it for myself because I didn't see myself but I also did it for the community because I know the type of person that I am and if you let me in the room I'm gonna open doors so yeah I feel like it's time to showcase some more of our you know amazing brown queer artists and talent out here now speaking on your former cast members really quick what percentage of it's real we real lightweight over here we we real lightweight over here you in the safe space but just you know just to give them something just to give the kids something okay what percentage of your former cast would you say are your actual friends versus just your co-workers Okay, actual friends, I'm going to say about 40%. Now, do I love everybody? And do I... Now, friends and us being cool is something different. You know, friends, it's like we actually check up on each other. Like, you know, we FaceTime and we call it like we know each other's families, you know, that type of deal. There are a few cast members from Chasing Dallas from Chasing Atlanta and Chasing LA, who I consider, you know, a friend. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them I do care about. There's not too many people on the brand that be like, you know, oh, I just, I have an issue with it or anything like that. So I'm very sure. cordial with probably about 85 to 90% of the people on this platform. Love that. Now, of course, now, about you... one or two can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure that they know who they are. They do. Uh, um, and, you know, I'm sure that they, you you feel that way for reasons that are well known unto them. So, um, yeah. But, which dynamic do you prefer? Do you prefer having people within the, the, the platform that you're doing this reality TV thing with? Do you, do, do you prefer having people who you can call your homies that that you can FaceTime, bring to your mama house to get some chicken and greens, like, or do you prefer just coming, clocking in, doing your job, and going to hell home? Now, am I producing or am I talent? <laughs> you can give me both, actually. Okay. I would love to know both perspectives. Well, at this point in my life, I'm gonna be honest, both of them is, let's come, let's come and do what we gotta do, and let's clock out, let's go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing, but because I at am all. the boss, over here in this lane is I try not to form friends at work. I try to let my friends be my friends and let work be work. So, and, and it just, it's less stickier that way. When I, when, when you my friend, I got to care a little bit. When I'm in boss mode, you need to have your work done. That's just point blank period. So for me, not to be a bitch, but the boss and me, I kind of need to clock out and go home and let everybody just, you know, I care about you and I love you and everybody know I love everybody with the grace of God. And, you know, I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to, you know, be amazing. However, I'm just in a space where I don't let a lot of people just be close to me, coming home, meet my mama and all that. I'm not just, that's just not the space that I'm in right now. That was that Steve Harvey that Cynthia was talking about. It was very much, mm. don't look at me, don't fuck me, just, you know, clock in, do your job, fuck out my face. I see, I see, see, I knew what she was talking about, but I was like, listen, I get it, I get it. We all thought it was the bull head, but now that we're into the interview, now mm-hmm. I see, aha. Uh-huh. No, you know what it is. 
but I love that though because it's not there's nothing wrong with that there's like nothing wrong with having a like professional platonic boundary and there's nothing yeah. wrong with being friends with the people that that, that you work with but at some yeah. point you got to know who you can do either one with and like where to draw the line with the others with so, yeah, and that comes you know. in wisdom. That comes in wisdom. That comes in wisdom, and that comes in discernment. That comes in wisdom and discernment. You gotta know. You gotta know those boundaries. Those are some important lessons when being in the industry. Because everybody think everybody your friend. That is far from the case, babes. Okay. Now, what has been your hardest scene to film as a cast member or to experience filming as a producer? Oh, okay. So the hardest scene to film was probably the scene that Oliver and I got into it um, when we went all those months without talking because that's my brother in real life. And I knew what we were fussing about was beyond camera stuff. And that's why I think the fans were a little like, what the fuck are they fussing about? Because we couldn't get into everything because it was really serious and he, I, we had really hurt each other. So I think that was a really hard scene for me to film because I really love Oliver and, you know, shout out to him. He just um, announced him being on um, Netflix's season five yes, of Psycho. friend of the so show. Sh- he did, yes, <laughs> congratulations. So shout out to my brother, the power of three. We still strong. We got some incredible things coming out 2023. Oh, we getting to that. <laughs> we get into that. So, um, yeah, um, I think that was that was a really tough moment for me. Uh, let's see, producing, uh, producing. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I think producing for me because it was actually me in the moment. Y'all actually saw me, and you know it was a real thing with me. I think probably was the 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 thing that happened between Jeremy and I. It's nothing that I regret on season two LA's reunion. It's not anything that I regret, but I do feel like that that's a tough moment for me to watch. It's a tough moment that Jeremy and I was in. It's something that we're still going through. We have talked, but it is something that we're still yet working through. Um, so yeah, that's tough for me because that's not who I am. You know, that's not, that's not, I'm, when I am producing, when I'm in work mode, I am there to produce. I'm not there to be going back and forth with cast members. So, you know, I feel like there was a lot of um, just misdirect energy in the room at the time. So sometimes I feel like when being in reality TV, the cameras really capture real life, real shit moments. And, you know, it's all in how you handle yourself. But with like, like I said earlier, things come in wisdom, it come in growth and it comes to discernment. So, you know, I'm just learning how to um, handle my emotions better. And, you know, so that I can, because my talent is only going to get bigger. They're only going to become more and bigger divas and divos. But at the same time, as a boss, we don't see Tyler Perry flipping out on set. I don't see Will Packer flipping out on set. Um, I've seen Carlos King jump on top of Porsche, but at the same time, I don't <laughs> I don't see him okay. doing the that most. That was for safety purposes. Right. And those are the people, those are the greats that I look up to. So that that's the energy that I'm trying to channel because that's where I see myself going in the next two to three years. Now, you know, what I'm about to say is going to sound messy, but I'm going to preface it by saying that it's with great intention. So just mm-hmm. hear me out. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Your beef with Oliver was actually my favorite beef on reality television. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Okay. But let me tell you why. Okay. The reason why is because all the other fans were really... Co- 
they were confused like what the fuck is going on why they mad like i don't understand what's going on and i could see through that and mm. and, and i was like oh they're mm. purposely protecting each other they're mm. not saying what the real problem is because they don't want to really actually beef with each other in real life <laughs> so they, so even in the midst of them not getting along right now they don't fuck with right, each other right we now, still trying to but hold they're still like yeah. They still trying to be cool and like, mm-hmm. you know, give the people what they need for the scene, but not really go there. And I was like, I respect the fuck out of both of them for that. I was like, that's yeah. some real friend shit. I was like, that, yeah. that is commendable. <laughs> I really, I really, I really fucked with that. I, I, I was like, that's how you beef on TV. That is That's my brother. <laughs> Me and Oliver, we got into it the other day. <laughs> I gotta Shout love him. To him. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Oh, I love him. <laughs> now, to flip the energy a little bit, okay. what's been the most fulfilling moment for you filming? Mm, oh, I have plenty of those. Um, fulfilling moments. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll start with LA because it's the first one on my mind. Um, many fulfilling moments. I feel that, you know, watching Hershey um, grow her family in front of our eyes in the adoption mm. process is just something that we just can't explain. And just, you know, that's just the dynamic that we haven't seen before. It's not shown often. So that's fulfilling to me is to see um, family shown on our show. Um, um, I, I think, you know, seeing Cameron um, in the Chasing Atlanta beginning years, even through our, our, you know, beefs, seeing Cameron be chemo cancer, I mean, not chemo cancer, but, you know, going through his chemo treatments and seeing him beat cancer, I feel like that was a fulfilling moment to me, like, wow, like, you know, he showcased that and, you know, he beat it and, you know, that's just, uh, he was just so raw and the story was so real yeah. so those moments are fulfilling because that's real life when you think back when I think back to stuff like that I'm like wow like you know he really did that like you really put yourself out there and um, yeah those moments are fulfilling to me you know all the drama and stuff that stuff is fun but you know we really had some great moments you know seeing Kendra being released from jail you know you yeah. know the, that was a real thing so you know that was a fulfilling moment for me even throughout our you know personal situation back then because she might sit now shout out to the queen T.S. Little Kendra you know what's that going? Is, uh, what's going <laughs> you know um, though, that's another fulfilling moment seeing all these different creatives you know ch- chase their dreams you know look at Oliver now on Netflix and you know we got Ike on you know he's on a, a bigger platform so you know we just got some people doing some incredible things and just to see them start at Chasing Reality and branch off and do the, some of the things that they're doing is, is, is commendable it's impeccable for me to watch so all of that's fulfilling to me taking the experience you had in Atlanta what advice did you give to your cast in Los Angeles when you started chasing LA be real and be working Mm -hmm. stand 10 toes on what you said don't be backpilling and pussy pops. If you said it, stand on it. <laughs> if you said it, stand on it, mama. It, it, it don't gotta be, and, and because I say stand on it, that don't mean that it's always something negative. Like, just just be real. Just that that's my advice. Be real and be working. Because the cameras is rolling, baby. We rolling. So be real and be working. Tell me about the process of casting from a producer's perspective. Because, you know, you went through a really a really fairly easy process when it came yeah. to Atlanta. You know, you yeah. just walked in and just snatched, 
and just snatch the peach real quick and just went yeah. on back to brunch. And I Work. feel like that's what that's what I was looking for. That's exactly People what I was who could do for. that. <laughs> I, I I was looking for a super, I'm looking for stars. I'm looking for when you walk in that room, I need to see. I need I need you need to own it. And that don't mean you gotta be over the top. That don't mean you gotta be below the belt. That means you gotta be you. Yeah, and so Cynthia Bailey is the one and she's yeah, like, <laughs> when Cynthia walks in the room, you your head gonna turn back. You're gonna be like, who the hell is that? You know what I'm saying, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a it, it don't, and that's not always a good thing. But it needs to be a you thing. And I was looking for exactly what I gave when I went to my interview. I need you to be you. I need you to sell it. You know, I, and me working in radio, I know, I, and being an A and R, I know what talent looks like. I know what superstars look like. I know what star. Well, I don't know what a superstar looks like because I ain't trained one. But I know what a star looks like. I kind of been around this stuff for a while now, so I kind of know when somebody got that. <clears throat> factor. I kind of know when you talking your shit and you know what you're talking about. I know when you popping your shit and you for real, you know what you're doing. Now, I can tell when it's a fake. So I, really, I wasn't looking for people who were faking. I wanted you to come in the room, tell me what your business is. Tell me what it is, what it is that you're chasing. Tell me, um, um, you know, just be real with me. Um, do you stay in LA? Or do you, or do you have a vehicle? Um, how do you, how well do you handle conflict? Um, are you, are you outgoing? Um, do you, do you have an opinion? You know, cause the people, it's reality TV. They don't want to see you just walking around being boring and quiet. They're going, they're going to want to know like, uh, uh, you know, if, if you get sick, are you going to allow the cameras to come? You know, they're going to want to, they want, we need you to be open. We need you to want to put your life out there. That's the only way it's going to work. Now, speaking from your experience as a cast member, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what efforts did you take to provide a comfortable environment for your cast in LA that you either carried from the production in Atlanta or wish you had from Atlanta's production? To make them feel safe? Yeah, to like make everybody feel comfortable at home. Okay. And like feel like, you know, they're like warmed up to really give all that they give because when I say from day one Los Angeles (laughs) game yeah um for for me, you know, I'm from the south, so I'm already my energy is already warm and welcoming, and you know, I'm not nobody that you'll be afraid of. I'm somebody that you're gonna want to have a good time with. So, excuse me, by the time you know, we stand off to the side and we have a conversation about you know what your goal is for the show, what it is that you want to do. I'm like your hype man. I'm over there hyping you up. I'm getting, I'm massaging your shoulders, ready to send you into the ring. Like you know, let's go, let's go do this. So, you know, one thing that we that I brought from Atlanta. Lancer and the, the entire chasing reality, I feel like what works for us is we're family. And I feel like that's what I took from Atlanta over to LA because that's who I am. You know, I'm warm, I'm welcoming, I'm family. So you're gonna want to, you know, you're gonna wanna just be real. You're gonna wanna be yourself. You're gonna hear me say, stop, be real 1,000 times, and you're just gonna walk onto the camera and just be yourself. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when going into a scene, that's what I always tell people is just, you know, have fun and relax. Have fun. So that's what I told ATL. When did you know that LA was a hit? Like, when did you know? Um, I, you know what, to be honest, I still don't think, we still got some work to do. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We still got some work to do. My honest answer is we still have some work to do. I don't think, okay. you know, in my head, I feel like it could it, it could be a hit. It can be a hit. Um, I feel that we have some work to do. Our audience is in love with Atlanta because it's the flagship of our brand, just like anywhere. Like, you can have a gazillion housewives, no show well right now Potomac is killing Atlanta but you it know is. for years you know Atlanta you know sat on that throne and you know and because they are the flagship so I feel like Cali with my LA show um it's a hit but I feel like we got some growing to do so you feel like Los Angeles could be having a like Potomac type of growth where it's like they, just, oh, they yeah. were good from the beginning mm-hmm. but it took them a few seasons for everybody else to like catch up and, and now that they got it the it's like who the mother girls oh girl please next please. <laughs> <laughs> <right>. next <laughs> exactly and I feel like that's what I'm on I'm on my slowly Potomac grind mm-hmm. what's the most important thing you want us to take away from chasing LA um the most important thing, I mean, I guess off the bat is just to, you know, take the chase away. Take the chase of you can become and do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I've seen people, you know, start in one area of a career and end up in another leaving the show. So one thing I want people to take away is, you know, chasing your dreams, uh, no matter what that is, and making it happen. Even down to our show, we're not on VH1 or we're not on, you know, BET Plus or Hulu or Netflix or any of these other networks, but we just getting it done yes. and making it happen. Yet, yeah, or yet, <laughs> right? Um, or you know, God may send us a coin over here to create our own thing. So you never know what God's getting ready to do. So, you know, okay. um, I'm just, you know, one thing I want people to take away from our brand is just to, you know, what we represent. That's just a chase. That's just to go for it. Give it all you got, no matter what. It may not be a lot. Give it what you got. Boy, poke child. What has reality TV taught you about people? Not to trust them. Oh, all mm, right. Mm, not to trust them. <laughs> Short and sweet. Mm. Love, love, love that. <laughs> what is it? That was like that was like period. Not to trust period. them. Period. These girls. Woo. <laughs> Well, shout out to the girls that he was referring to with that. All right. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself from experiencing reality TV and or producing it? Mm. What have I learned about myself while producing reality TV? Um, One thing I've learned is, well, a couple of things. I mean, one thing I've learned is I can really manage a lot. I didn't know I could you know, when I look at just the capacity of work that I do, if I was to step outside of myself and look at myself, I would be like, you, you are crazy. <laughs> so I think that's sometimes shocking to me, like the capacity of work. Um, I've learned that about myself. I've learned how to manage a lot of personalities. So right now I'm actually managing about 20 people. Um, nice. And that's just cast-wise. I'm I'm filming Chasing LA with that you guys just seen. It's currently wrapped. But at a couple mm-hmm. of months ago, I was doing two shows. I'm actually working on another, another show that I can't talk about just yet. Um, Boing. <laughs> booked and blessed. So, so that's another um, cast of almost 10 that I'm 
um, managing and two different production teams also holding out a household, two puppies, a boyfriend, <laughs> and you know, Word. and a wine line and, uh, and other things that and I have. And a partridge in a pear tree. Go okay, so I think those are things that I'm learning about the adult me. It's like you said earlier, oh, this is why I talk so much, is because, you know, I'm supposed to be in this capacity and I feel like me as a kid I, I i used to do so many things like in a matter of a day i would go to school soccer practice step team practice choir practice and football practice in one day and so i never knew what those things mean but the older i've gotten it you know god was teaching me back then how to manage different things so that's what i learned from producing is like wow this has really just been me this my whole life that is perfection <laughs> now since you brought it up you you <laughs> You're actually helping me segue into my next question. Let's okay. talk wine for a minute. Yes. Tell me all about your new wine label, Dream. Because first oh. of all, congratulations. Thank Bitch, you. I, I own my own liquor. Work. Yeah. Oh, good. Big flex. Yeah. No, I'm saying you can have that flex now. Like, oh, me, like, period. Like, like, oh, okay. Now I you can you quote the Nikki line. I'm trying to be the next P. Diddy. I'm trying to be the next yes. P. Diddy. I'm trying to tell you. What? Yes. So my next, my new wine line, yes, it is titled Dream. Um, I'm super excited about it. Um, <clears throat> Dream, you you guys didn't hear me talk about Dream by this whole interview. I just has always been my, my driving force. Um, Dreams Are Real was a brand that I started probably right when I got to Atlanta. When I first got to Atlanta, everybody was like, Q, how you working with Cynthia Bailey and, and Tyler Perry? Because I was doing a have and have nots. I had a role on there. Um, and then I was working, you know, Rico and et cetera, et cetera. So people was like, you know, how are you doing all these things? So I created a brand, you know, almost six years ago called Dreams Are Real. You know, being from North Carolina and doing some of the things that I'm doing, everybody had questions. And so I was like, I'm trying to keep repeating the same story. So I wrote a book and then I came out with a, a shirt line and, a, you know, all these different things. And it was my Dreams Are Real brand line. And I had that for years and years and years. And I've always in the back of my mind wanted to start a wine line. I just never really knew what to do or how to do it. But, you know, God is a God of timing and I'm a networker. So, um, doing, you know, out here in L.A. and doing my thing. And God connected me with um, Javante Wilson, who is uh, my co-partner in my wine line and the wine is a it's 12 percent um um alcohol percentage it is a oh. bubbly it's a bubbly white wine sparkling it's watermelon flavor it's delicious it is based out of a uh, wine vineyard here in Temecula California and it's delicious <laughs> it's delicious uh, go to the link in all of my, you know, social media outlets at Quentin T. Harris, and you could click the link in my bio and get you a wine, honey. It is delicious, like twelve percent. You know, even for me, I'm like glass two. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm feeling this. At twelve percent, honey, I know your ass is feeling it. <laughs> yes, but you know, it's not too strong. It's something that you know our grandmas and our aunties could drink. And you know, being from the South, I actually grew up on a watermelon farm in Rayford Child. So, you know, I know okay. I know my I know my people, we love watermelon. So I wanted to, you know, do something classy, but at the same time, um, still be true. Again, being true to who I am and my roots. So watermelon had to be my first flavor because I grew up on a, a watermelon farm and I know my people love Watermelon. So yes, I have a new wine out. It's called Dream. Go get that. It is delicioso. <laughs> what made you choose wine as opposed to vodka or tequila? Shout out to Diddy. Um, because one, I'm really not a drinker like that. 
I'm really not a drinker like that. If anything, I'm more of a wine drinker these days. Like, you know, it's just so classy to me to, you know, have my business dinners, you know, all those things with wine. And, you know, growing up, um, being from the South, I didn't see a lot of classy things. I kind of grew up with a lot of country shit, just to be honest. And so <laughs> I've always kind of thought wine was just so classy to me. And not saying that tequila or any of those things aren't because I'm actually getting ready to go that route um, next. I want to do a tequila and a brown. However, I wanted Word. to do wine. I wanted to do wine first uh, because we we in the holiday time and um, you know it was around Thanksgiving time when we did the launch. And I know you know people just like to you know even people who don't even drink you know for a holiday occasion when they come home and visit their loved ones they'll toast with a wine or they'll at least take a wine glass or take a shot of something. So you know I wanted to do a wine so that it could kind of still be family based. I wanted something that we could drink with our grandma and our aunties and our uncles and our grandfathers and stuff like that. And our, and our aunties and uncles and stuff don't be taking shots of tequila all the time. Like, if anything, you know, growing up where I grew up, a lot of my people are faith-based, so they barely, barely even drink, same as myself. So I wanted to do something that, you know, I could do, but I don't take it overboard. I was just about to say, child, yes, well, <laughs> yes for the lightweight, you know, communion vibes. Like, mm-hmm, real cute. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. The church people can still sip on a little bit. I don't want to hear no excuses. That's communion in that bottle. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Pass the bottle, pass the plate, pass, okay, pass the crackers. Pass the crackers. Turn in yes! your Bible. <laughs> Get into the <laughs> mm. Now, so now that we've gotten into just about all of the aspects of your career. Mm, yes. Including the books that you've written, because I do want, you know, two or three pieces on that, but I know you are very busy and you have a time limit, so I got to wind down. <laughs> what has been the, what aspect of your career has been the most fulfilling for you at this point? Hmm, what aspect of my career? Cause you done done radio, you done A&R, you done been on reality TV, now you produce reality TV, you done wrote books, you're an authoress, now you got a wine, honey, now you own your own brand, like, what part of this is like, oh, that's, that's the most, like, that's just what, where I get the most pride at. Oh, man, that's such a hard answer. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm the real Well, there can be more than one. You know what? I, I I hate to just give like a uh, 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 answer to try to throw it all off. I'm just really grateful for it all. I, I honestly am. I'm just grateful for the gift to create. I'm really thankful for every aspect. From if I if I never did reality, I would have never wrote. If I would have never wrote, I would never acted. You know, so they all tie into each other. The wine line, like that's amazing to me. Like that is a dream come true to me to see that. So, um, every aspect, you know, I'm just grateful for God to bless me with these gifts. Honestly, to take trust the me with Yes, gifts. it is a cop out, but I'll take it. I know <laughs> it's really hard to choose though. Like I love producing. I love radio. I will fight you down by my radio show, but I will fight you down by chasing Atlanta or chasing LA. I'll be like, what are we doing? I can produce my ass off like I'm producing my second show, but at the same time, I'm going back on stage in 2023, so I'm going back to theater. I've already been casted for another project. I'm already in the process of writing my new book that I'm trying, I can't give you a release date, but it's going to be at the top of the year. Um, So it's kind of like, I still have a love and a passion to still do everything right now. 
That's a, that, that's a perfectly valid answer. I'm already trying to put out my second wine by New Year's, so I, but I think I'm gonna hold off on that one. I think I need to wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. You ain't got a few days. Like what I, you mean? I, but hey, I didn't have but a few days before I put it out. <laughs> well, okay then. So I'll I, be waiting. I know me. Right, I know me. I'll flip the switch when one day and God say move, and I will wake up and boom. So you know, I really do well, have I'll a passion ready to for it the all. Link Thank you. I, yeah, I have a passion for it all, man. I just, I love what I do. I just, I love it all around. I absolutely get that, though, because I remember being, like, a little kid and seeing, like, Brandy's E True Hollywood story and seeing mm-hmm. her talk about how she was filming Moesha Monday through Friday. She was going to school. She was recording albums. Mm-hmm. She was doing movies on the weekend. She was shooting music videos in between. She was doing this and doing that. And I was sitting here thinking, I would kill someone to have that schedule. Okay. Like, who do I have to... Like I'm not trying to sell my soul, but I might <laughs> sacrifice a nigga. Okay, we can give up one of those. Like, like no, <laughs> give up a hater, but I'm not gonna okay. give up my soul. I yeah. can't do a soul, Papa Legba. But <laughs> anyway, so you did bring this up earlier, and I did say that we were gonna get to it. Here's that part of the conversation. I spoke with Oliver. Okay. On the show. Okay. And um, he did mention. The possibility. Here's my note. <laughs> what are you over there running his mouth about? Let me hear. He had mentioned, he had said a little thing, you know, about there may be a possibility of a project between the power of three. You know. And since you brought it up, you brought it up. I didn't ask you, you brought it up. I did bring it up. So that is a very strong, very, very strong possibility that you guys will see a revamp and it's going to be refreshing and something new. Um, So yeah, y'all, I think there's a very strong possibility that you you guys get to see the power of three back on your TV screens in 2023. Good, damn it. Because Oliver dropped that damn trailer about the show that never happened. And Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, he did. Oh, so that's how y'all brought it up because he did have dropped that a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, he's so no, bad for that. He is so bad. Oliver is bad. Well, now. He knew he shouldn't drop that. He is so bad. But well, you know now what? Y'all got me involved. Y'all brought <laughs> me into it. So now I got to ask questions. Before, before there was ever even supposed to be a Chase in LA or Just Lauren or any of those things, the Power of Three was the first original spinoff. Before Chasing Dallas, before anything. So, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was look and listen, I could tell that just by the styling of the trailer. I was like, this is Ooh. very, like, y'all are picking up. Like, I could tell when y'all decided to do that. But I'm going to leave that alone because I ain't going to tell the tales out of school. Because <laughs> um, just in case, you know, y'all need a reunion host, I want to be able to audition on the credit and get married. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> She's a hot baby. Okay. (laughs) With that being said, do you think we'll ever see you rejoin Atlanta in a consistent capacity? Or or would you ever pull a Shawnee O'Neal and just bust down to the L.A. real quick and just, you know, hey. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, it's just... I just... Because I was so glad when Shawnee left. Girl, no shit. I love you, Shawnee. (laughs) 
but I would have rather you did Shawnee's show with with you know you and your family and the boys mm-hmm. and stuff. I would have rather watched that. I don't want to see you down there with them girls you babysitting. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Like I'm like. And you know, and I would hate to say babysitting because honestly, my whole cast is like older than me. But they they are my babies. Like I don't see me going on there and rumbling with them. Like even earlier when I said the moment between Jeremy and I, that wasn't like the best moment for me. You know what I'm saying? Because Jeremy's like my baby, even though he's older than me. He's my big brother. He's still my baby. They all are my babies. Huh? How old am I? (laughs) Yes. Twenty (laughs) nine. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm 29. Not bitch, I'm older than you too. Oh, really? Oh. I am the old bitch in the club. I keep that for me. <laughs> I that. No, listen. The girls hate getting old. I love. I do I too. Like I'm in my Lisa Ray Vivica Fox era right mm. now because I'm only 31, so I'm. So I'm not that much older than you, but I feel like I'm in my Vivica Fox era. Like you I know, definitely feel like I'm stepping in my prime. I'm stepping in my prime right now, baby. It's, it's good as wine right over here, right now. Okay, <laughs> I always like I will forever feel like Connie Spaulding walking into to play that game. <laughs> okay, that will forever be my aesthetic, and y'all cannot tell me different. Period. Okay, ponytail and big time of playing and wool. Here Shout out to everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. So, so you're a little 29. I love that for you. So now you're in your Saturn's return. So this next few questions that I have for you is very perfect for this point in the conversation. Okay. You're in your Saturn's re- re- return. And like what that means is like people always say that like, going through the ages of like 27 28 to like 30 31 you like go through this crazy like revamp reinvention it's like your entire life starts to like restructure itself and you go mm-hmm. into your next chapter mm-hmm. right yeah so going into this next level of yourself have you found yourself yet you know what i am <clears throat> feel like for the past few months god has been doing a change in me and I feel like I am becoming who he's created me to be. And I do feel like I'm finding myself like right now, like lately, there are certain things I'm, I'm starting to say out loud to myself that I like, or there are certain things that, you know, I, I immediately change or I'm trying to change so I can get it out of my system. So I think I'd have to agree with you with that. Like I have just been in this space for the past few months of, you know, just, you know, just making sure things are right and just becoming a more grown man about my stuff. So I definitely do feel that change. I'm finding myself and have found myself. I found peace and I feel like with me finding peace is now finding myself and everything is coming like full circle finally so yeah I definitely my move to California made me kind of grow up in some areas because I was a little distracted in Atlanta so these past these latter years of me being out here in Cali have definitely made me find myself and yeah bring peace to a lot of things so in that regard what does the Quentin today who's out here in LA, in the still in the streets, but I have mm-hmm. run in LA. Just I'm glad you're not running it like Natalie Nunn, but that's not that's, that's neither Lord, here nor there. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> God bless them down to the zoo. Down, but, down um, to the there. Down to the there. Mm-hmm. God bless mm-hmm. y'all thoroughly. We are yet <laughs> praying for you. But in that regard, 
what does the Quentin who's out here today, 29 and fine, own his own wine? Yes! What does he <laughs> okay, that's the name of this episode. There it is, right there. Okay. There it is. <laughs> there it is. What, is you, what does Quentin today tell the Quentin fresh in Atlanta? <clears throat> um, the me today, I would say, go a little bit harder. And, and and I would tell me to slow down in my mind. Okay. Yes, yeah, go harder with your actions and slow down in my mind. I, I was I was rushing a lot of stuff. I was trying to rush relationships and rush love and rush. I wanted it all at once. And that's not how life works sometimes. And I feel like if I was a little bit less distracted with some things, I would actually be a little bit further ahead in my career. Hmm. Yeah. So speaking to that, <laughs> what do you want your lasting contribution to television and the industry as a whole to be? Wow. What a what a question. Um. I think that's something I'm still growing into. Mm. I think I'm still grasping the fact that someone is even asking me that. You oh, know? Wow. Because I was legit just a young boy. I feel myself getting emotional. You know, I just was legit just a young boy just chasing all of this. And it's those questions like that that just sometimes make me think like, like I'm really out here doing this from Rayford. And... I don't know, that, that question just really triggered me. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That, bitch, you got hold on, wait, hold on. Because my ass told, my ass told Rico this too, bitch. You're not going to make me cry on my own damn show. Y'all, North Carolina bitches is not going to try me on my shit. Hold on, wait. You know, so, you know, I told you earlier. State, but you're not going to trigger me on my shit now. Hold on. Told you I'm a little emotional bug. So yeah, that's just I think that's a question that I'm uh, an answer. I'm still walking in every day and finding out, you know, what exactly I bring to the table because there was once a time I didn't know that I could bring anything to the table. And now that I'm here, I think I'm finding out where at the table I belong. You know, just it's an everyday journey that I'm still walking walking down so I think give me I think I heard Issa Rae say this before give me two or three years and let's come back and revisit that question I'm gonna have a whole answer for you so you're gonna be like Q remember you told me to come back and now you got an Emmy you got this cause I'm about to go for it I promise you I'm about to go and I see God moving I see God moving around me I see what he's doing for my friends look at oh and just some other of my friends doing some great things I'm like okay God so I'm up next I feel it and I feel like that's what just made me emotional and triggered because I'm just like, wow, like this is really happening. I relate to that on a lot of levels because, like, mm-hmm. even from you, you said something earlier about in less than a year of you moving to Atlanta, you were on reality TV, right? Connecting, yeah. And like, I'm thinking about that in regards to like my own career and like all of the things that you're talking about, and it's like. I started this podcast in September, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And I've interviewed so many more people than I thought I would have been able to mm-hmm. interview. I've mm-hmm. actually started to acquire certain opportunities. Like, like, I never thought, you know, 
I live under the philosophy of it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like three, four months into this shit, right? Like not necessarily <laughs> stepping in for the first time, but right. with this specific podcast, like I've had two YouTube channels. I've done a whole podcast before. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm, but like now just in the process of me starting this specific show that I'm doing right now, so much has happened from just me starting this show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I never thought that this quickly after starting a podcast, I would have projects that I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. I never thought that I would have those type of opportunities this quickly, but you know, preparation and, meeting opportunity, okay? Yeah, we just gotta jump out there and take that leap of faith, man. I feel like that's sometimes God's be wanting us to make the first move. And like you say, you had two YouTube channels. Sometimes it takes you failing multiple times to find that thing that sticks and then boom that's your thing and sometimes you know people that we think like oh my god I would love to interview this person I would love to interview this person all you gotta do is ask everybody yeah. everybody is tangible everybody got a manager or a DM or an email or something you can get in touch with you something and if they can't you know work around it until you can get to them but it's gonna come back around so I, yeah I'm glad you you know, done what you did by, you know, stepping out here and, and, and having this podcast. I've had an incredible time today. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, it takes you to have to step out there and fail for you to produce greatness. And, you know, I feel like God's going to open some incredible doors for you 2023. You know, you just starting this in September and you already, you know, you already over here with, with the chasing people and we're the number one in our LGBT realm. So just imagine what God's going to do to you outside of that. So just keep, continue to keep going, man. I'm super proud of, you know, the things that you have going on early. You actually me what what was it about you know that I could bring from Atlanta to here that was just said just making people feel welcome and I want to appreciate you for making me feel welcome today thank you you're welcome and listen you've answered my last question because my last question was will you come back on the show and so you done already told me two years from now (laughs) yes we're gonna do this again I may see you on the red carpet somewhere you know we're never gonna I know listen Listen, That's probably gonna do some big things, okay? You know, I, you know, we are, you know, I'm not, you know, my name don't start with Q, but I'm out here in the street. Let's just okay, say that. <laughs> Listen, you got, you got to be, you got to be. But you got I to be. My last question with the with one last. Yes, question. of course, of course you can, of course. My last question to you is. Can you connect me with Cynthia Bailey? Because I have tried to (laughs) email this one. I have been emailing this woman. And for some reason, the email in her bio will not deliver my email to her. Like, I keep getting these responses. (laughs) Like, girl, girl, we don't do you over here. Like, you is not. You got to go through the back door. Like, okay. nobody is coming to see you, Otis. Like, okay. I, I you know, know she's trying to wrong with me. She's trying to hide from the like people. She's trying to hide from the people right now. You know, she got a little situation going on with Mr. Hill. So that's probably, she Listen, probably I'm ducked off. I'm not worried about my age. I'm not worried about my age. I don't want to ask her nothing about my age. She has so many of the things that I want to talk to Miss Bailey about. Okay. I don't, Mike, no questions about Mike. God bless him, y'all friends. That's all I need to know. I got so much other shit to talk to her about, but I'm so tired of this email bouncing. And so, since okay. y'all cool like that, okay, just, just so do the word for me plug. Today. Okay, what city are you in? Are you still in uh, um, in North Carolina right now? Where you at now? I'm in Alabama, so I'm like, oh, you did say that. Y'all. You did say that. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. In Bama. But, okay. Uh huh. You know, down here in the country, country. But uh, yeah. So. I, you know, like, I, I, listen, 
I done DM this woman. I, I think they on private. She don't allow you know all, all, all the rip <laughs> and her shit. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to go through the proper channels and email, but at this point, I'm the bag and shoot my shot. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because Miss Hill is the housewife for me. Okay. I ain't trying to reach out oh, to God. nobody but her. No shame. We love that. We, we love her. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I thank am you so for glad that me. I was able to make you so comfortable. That is the goal. Yes. I really wanted you to feel like you was just on the phone. It really did feel like that, too. <laughs> right yes. Okay, watch yourself. You're not just running your mouth on the phone, boy. <laughs> Which is the setup? Like, like I want my, like, like I want my listeners to like feel like they're just tapping into a three-way phone call on me, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but without all the mean because I'm not really messy. Yeah, and we got bigger fish to fry. We got goals to be talking about out here. We can talk about the mess and stuff later. We just y'all can watch that on the show. Let's get to the nuggets of you know what it takes to get out here and you know chase your dreams and get out here and get in these streets with these heavy hitters for real. Especially you know being where we from, we hear enough of the shade. What? Get put me, put a bitch on. I was just about to say that because like shit, there's too many people out here that care about the mess. I'm not okay. that bitch. Like I'm nosy, but I want to learn lessons from you and not really okay. get your tea. So like okay. I want to get gems from you. So that's how that's how my interviews are set up. I love but it. yeah, so thank you so much for for being here. You have made my morning, my afternoon. <laughs> That no concept of space and time. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Let thank the people you. know where they can find you, where to get the wine, where to get the books, where to watch yes. Chasing, where to binge watch Atlanta, <laughs> when to uh where to go to for when the new project comes out, when the okay. Power Space project comes out, <laughs> all those things, when the next book is coming, okay. when you in the streets is coming back. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you. So find all things Chasing LA, Chasing Atlanta, Chasing Dallas, Chasing Reality related on um, all social media sites, Chasing Reality. You can find it at ChasingReality.com. And then for all things myself and any future announcements, follow me and um, I'll be releasing those things in the next few months. You guys will be seeing them very, very soon to a screen near you. You guys can check out books and merch and my wine line is in the link in my Instagram bio. So my IG social medias are Quentin T. Harris on all social media sites. So please, please, please follow me. I do show love back. Sean, I have to make sure I follow you. So um, show me some love so I can um, follow you real quick. Fly, I mean, going through them DMs is going to be a whole mess, child. So I got to follow you back. Uh-uh. And uh, so, yes, I do show love back. Thank you guys so much for having me, listening in, tuning in. Before I leave, guys, I just want to say with everything you got, continue to chase your dreams. Every time I get a mic in my hand, every time I have a a chance to speak to people or just leave somebody with something, um, go chase your dreams. And and wherever you go with your dreams, take God with you. He's not going to leave you. Hello? Uh, Thank you so much. That was a beautiful word to leave on. I ain't going to hold you no more. I ain't going to take no more with your time, child. It's okay. Because I know I ran over slightly. I apologize, but I hope it was worth it. It was definitely Thank worth it. So I appreciate you so much. You have an amazing day yourself. Take care, okay? You as well. All right, we'll soon. be chatting soon. Please, please. <laughs> All, All right, right. Bye. Bye-bye.
All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Quentin T. Harris from Chasing LA and Dream Wines. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Make sure you guys hurry over to his page, figure out where to go get the wine. Make sure you buy both his books, Dear Dreamer and The Dream I Chose to Chase. Make sure you guys go and catch up on this past season of Chasing LA. Binge watch season one. Go watch all of Chasing Atlanta. And make sure you catch up on all things Chasing Reality as a whole. I appreciate all of you for being here. I appreciate Quinn for giving me all of the time that he gave me. We had such an amazing conversation. And once again, he's from North Carolina, so he's always good in my book. Okay? So... With that being said, I appreciate every single one of you guys for being here. This has been an amazing episode and an amazing conversation. I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Make sure you guys always be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you. Bye. Peace.